You bet you. I know what you say out there. Okay, you can turn the band off now. The band is finished. I still hear the band. The band is finished. That's it. All right. So how about we move over to this instrument. I'll play uh, a little bit on this. And then we'll have what we call in Australia a chinwag. We'll talk about this thing. And a few other things as well. All right. Now, this mic might be a little hot. You might want to turn it down a tad, Frank. It's Frank, right? Yes. Okay. Tell me what this sounds like. on the planet that cannot play one note. 
Because if you think you can't play one note, all you have to do is talk to Joan, and she'll show you how to play one note. It's John, isn't it? John will show you how to play. John, one note, please. See that? See how easy that is? Well, this is one note. That's all it is. You don't have to be a graduate of Juilliard or any music school to play this thing. My approach to it is intuitive. It was designed by the native people of my country, Australia, we believe about 10,000 years ago. And it was designed to bring you into an intuitive place, a heart connection with humanity, with the planet, and if you have a concept of a higher power, with that as well. Now, here we are 10,000 years later. Most of us kind of trapped in here. Do a lot of thinking. In fact, I'm going to say this, and this is a bold thing to say in a UU church, but this is a non-thinking instrument <laughs> for non-thinking people. <laughs> and what I will teach you today will be non-thinking exercises. That was very cheeky of me, wasn't it? <laughs> Had to go there, though. Um, so, the idea of this instrument, from my perspective anyway, is to get you out of here and more into here. Basically, I think it's a tool to assist in the upliftment of human consciousness, to accelerate the evolution of human consciousness. Above all those nasty things like greed and violence and aggression and I want your stuff, so I'm going to send my folks over there to take your stuff and bring it back for the king. You know what I'm saying? It's been that way for a long time. This thing was designed to get us out of that mode. So today at the workshop, this microphone is still a little hot, my friend. Do turn it down. The microphone, turn it down. Thank you. Today at the workshop, I will teach you how to use this thing for accelerated meditational techniques. All you do is you put your lips together and you blow in this thing and suddenly it kicks in. It is a combination of primordial sound, breath, and harmonics that make this thing an accelerator into deep, clear, and focused states of consciousness. Now, once again, you don't have to be a musician to play this. And in many cases, you're better off not being a musician. Why? Because musicians tend to think it through. People who are not musicians just pick it up and make that intuitive connection very quickly. So now the new name for this instrument is the accelerator. What I see it doing is that it wipes the slate clean of my mind. It brings me back to what I call point zero or the point of self-empowerment. It is the place that you and I were at when we were first born. We look into the eyes of a child and we say, we're looking through the window to the soul. Now over the years through sensory perception, sensory attachment, and sensory gratification, impressions come in and they stick on that window of my soul conscious connection. And those impressions that came in, or programs, create a mask over my soul. 
And that mask gets a name. In this case, it's called Phil. Now, this mask, over my soul, it's called Phil, relates primarily to this. Because this is the way Phil programmed himself. In fact, Phil, as most other people in the West and probably in the whole planet, grew up with pretty much an undisciplined mind. So here he is, further down the track, which he thought was going to be way, way off. Suddenly he's 59. Gosh, he's almost 60. Now that's really getting old. He says to himself, well, you know, you're, you're at least halfway down the line here. <laughs> at least. You know, I mean, 120 is still a long way off, but gosh. Maybe you better get your house in order because, you know, it's just one of those things you're not going to avoid, the transition time. I would like to know what that's about. What's going on there? Where am I going? Am I going anywhere? Is anything happening at all? Does consciousness exist outside the human form? The only way to find out is to find out while I'm in the human form, because it's a little late to try and find out when I've crossed over. So, I realize that these old impressions or programs that I set up back in 1965, 19, remember it's 1969, remember that? That was a good year. To tell yourself, you know what, this looks like a lot of fun, let's go do it. And as we thought it, so we did it. And then when we got tired of that, we just moved on to something else and put another layer of personality on top of that and on top of that. So now, well, at 59, halfway along the line here, I'd like to change some of the old programs that, well, they don't work for me anymore. They still think it's 1969 or 75. They don't realize that time has marched on. I have changed and grown. It's 2008. And these old programs are just not in the moment. They live in the past. And they don't want to come into the moment. They don't want to know. Because I told them they didn't have to. And of course, as I was never really the master of my mind, they don't listen to me. I ask them very nicely, listen, settle down. Things are different. You know what? This is what they say. I'm really busy. I have an appointment. Some other time. And they hide in the shadows of the mind. Nice talking to you. When you can get to point zero where the mind is clear, a clear slate, you are the master of the mind. There is nowhere for anything to hide. And not only that, not only can you rearrange and change old programs that don't work for you anymore, you can also put new ones in with the understanding that consciousness retains impressions. It retains impressions. That's how I formed this personality. So I realized that if I want to experience expanded states of consciousness on a regular basis, states of consciousness that incorporate compassion, understanding, unconditional love, creative expression, all of these qualities of consciousness that I would like to go deeper into. If I want to do that, I've got to change some of the programs that I developed that were based on basically selfishness. Because out of selfishness, comes greed, anger, aggression, fear, guilt. So I've got to change some things in me if I want to experience this. I have found that using this instrument gives me an opportunity to be master of the mind, 
to rearrange a lot of these programs and put new ones in that are much more meaningful to me today. So bottom line is we become self-empowered to reinvent our personality, to change who we are, to reach out to higher levels of personal fulfillment and to ultimately fulfill our highest aspirations, which I believe is self-realization. The realization that my inner, the core of my being, is connected to an infinite ocean of consciousness and that the primary qualities of this infinite ocean of consciousness are unconditional love and creative expression. The male and female qualities of reality. I asked my teacher a cheeky question once. He said, you cannot comprehend he used the word God for our sake, in which he said there is no name for this thing. He said, you cannot comprehend this state of being with the finite mind. You cannot do it. You can't think it through. He said, you must transcend the human form and experience it in a conscious connection. So I thought, aha, uh -huh. I was about 19 at the time. I thought, well, he knows everything. Let's see what he says when I ask this question. And you should never get cheeky with an enlightened master. Because <laughs> they either have the perfect answer or they nail you to the wall, one or the other. So I said, Swamiji, I said, what is the definition of God? He looked at me like this is fire coming out of his eyes. My spiritual name is Shiv. He said, Shiv. He said, God is both male and female qualities inextricably intertwined to make one eternal self-effulgent, means it evolved out of itself, all-pervasive being that exists here in this room and everywhere, whose primary qualities are unconditional love and creative expression. Now I thought, for something that you can't put into words and define, that's a really good definition. <laughs> I better remember that one. You know, the great Hindu master Yogananda, and I love this quote, he said, that which has a beginning and an end is not real. It doesn't exist. He said it's a temporary phenomenon on the infinite screen of consciousness to be experienced and enjoyed, but not to be attached to. That is the key phrase, not to be attached to. So I ask myself, I say this to myself, look, Phil, <clears throat> Australians are clever people. We think we're clever. You're a smart fellow. Why would you be attached to something that is not real? That's really dumb. That is really silly. Why would you do that? So then I get really honest with myself and I say, Phil, the reason why you're attached to something that is not real is because you programmed yourself that way. That's why. I can't blame anyone else anymore. You know, I used to really get off on blaming other folks, but once I started going to Unitarian Universalist churches and a few other churches of this ilk, I couldn't blame anyone anymore. What a drag, huh? So I had to write a song and I called it Blame. It's a downstairs, I'm on the CD. So that's another story. <clears throat> so, if I'm attached to this limited human form because I programmed myself that way, there's only one person that can turn that around, and that is moi. can only do that if I know how to access the point of self-empowerment, which is clarity, focus, 
connectedness to the core of my being. In that place, any new affirmation or program that I put in there will stick, will become part of my personality, and will will urge me, will encourage me, will drive me to the fulfillment of my highest purpose, which I believe is, this, is climbing that mountain of self-realization. It's not easy to overcome the overwhelming nature of the physical form. It seems so real, but in actuality, we are in a consensual unreality. This is not real. People who live on the other side, entities, look at us and say, Dang, look at these people. They think that's real. Can you hear us? Hello? It ain't. It is a temporary phenomenon. So if I could truly be in the here and now, it would be apparent to me that every breath I took through this instrument was connected to all eternity. Why? Because the space between us that I move my hand through is filled with the essence of our Creator the being that you and I emerged from. I've got to breathe it in to stay alive. Yet I run everywhere looking for this thing called God, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, Allah, no name, whatever you want to call it, whatever. I run everywhere looking for this thing. It's in my breath, which is one of the reasons this thing is so powerful, because you've got to do this breathing thing to make a sound. So breath work is extremely powerful. So if you're interested in the workshop today, I think we kick off at 12.30. I'll teach you some very basic meditational techniques to accelerate that process. In other words, to make meditation easier. I'll provide an instrument. I've got a few of them up here. I'll provide an instrument for everyone to have a hands-on approach. I'll teach you the circular breathing. You would have noticed that when I was playing it, I didn't stop to take a breath. Did you notice that? In other words, I was breathing in and out at the same time. It's easy, just a technique, very easy. I'll teach you the harmonics and the projection of the voice. You got any questions on any of this? I mean, I can, I can go on for a long time. I'm, now, that clock says quarter to nine. It's wrong. <laughs> I thought I had another hour and a half to talk. Have I run out of time? I've pretty much run out. Get the hook, pull him off. Get him off the stage. Before I go, the native people of Australia, most of all, honored self-empowerment. They also believe the most powerful influence in your life is what you think. And not, last but not least, there is no word for dream time. In the Pititanjara language of the Central Desert region, the closest word would be chakurpa, which means a connectedness and an understanding of the laws of creation, specifically the law of karma. What I throw out there will come back at me, just like a boomerang. So here's a race of people for 40,000 years understood the power of thought, understood and respected self-empowerment, and understood the law of karma. They invented this thing. One note. So if you've got nothing to do today, come on down. Oh, a question. 12.30, yeah, about three at the most. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to wind this jabber-jawing section down, and then us little trio here, we're going to play another piece for you. Thanks for having me.